This is the Forge Ministry Podcast. The Forge Ministry began in 2022 with the purpose and burden of shaping, strengthening, and sharpening men for the ministry. Welcome to the Forge. All right, thank you for being back with us at the Forge Ministry Podcast. My name is Aaron Harris. I'll be your host today. I'm the pastor of Gulf Coast Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And on the line with me today, once again, is a friend and mentor of mine, Brother Tony. And he's been in ministry now for 26 years, give or take, as an assistant pastor, as a pastor, and now serving as a missionary. Brother Tony, thank you for being on with us once again. Thanks, Pastor Harris, for the invitation oh, to be here again. real official. I had, I had to get it in there, Brother Aaron. Uh, thanks for inviting <laughs> us back to be a, be a part of the podcast again. Uh, enjoy the time last time. I hope, the, I hope today will be fruitful as well. Well, it's a joy to have you back and uh, to continue the conversation on mentorship, something that is a passion of mine and leadership, and I, I think it's needed uh, to continue to emphasize this. And um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit today about the the attitude or the, the spirit uh, that makes for good mentoring relationships. So you've got two parties involved if you're going to have any sort of mentoring that takes place. You have the mentor and the mentee. And, you know, something that, um, you know, I, I think is probably going to be a key to having a good mentoring relationship is the attitude or the spirit behind both the mentor and the mentee, if this is going to work long term. And so I want to ask you, is there, is there anything that jumps into your mind right away as, you know, if you're going to be, and let's have you approach it more from the mentor side. If you're going to be a mentor of, you know, somebody that God has put underneath you, these are some things you're going to need as far as spirit and attitude and overall mindset in order for this to be a success. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, one of the, the, the first things that comes to mind is, is wisdom. Of course, we, our, lives, our lives must be guided by wisdom. If I have someone that I'm trying to teach or train, I must know or be uh, somewhat familiar with what I'm attempting to teach or right. to instill in someone else's life. So, so wisdom, knowing what uh, you are talking about. And then I would say uh, patience. Uh, patience is definitely a must when working with younger or less mature or less learned, uh, whether that be in, whether that be an age or whether that be an experience. Uh, right. So working with someone who doesn't know what you know uh, requires patience. Uh, and, and I can be somewhat of an impatient person it's it's often easier for me to do a job than it is for me to teach someone how to do the job because you right. have to talk through the whole process so if um, i jump in right there let me ask this do you feel that maybe that perfect scenario right there of hey it's if you want something done right you do it yourself do you think that maybe that kind of ideal is what prevents mentorship from even happening in the first place is that it's just it's too inconvenient and all it does is frustrate me and it's just easier to do it myself yeah it takes more time to teach someone how to do what you already know how to do because you have the you have the skills or you have the dexterity 
if it's something that is practical or hands-on, you've, you have learned the dexterity of it and it's muscle memory that, that you already know you've experienced it before. So it's easy for you to do it. Plus you know how you want it to be done or what the, the, the outcome is to be, what the end result is to be. So often it's easier to just do it myself rather than take the time to teach someone else how to do it because they, the, the teaching is time added to the doing of the job. And then if someone is doing it, who is, is less experienced than I am, it's going to take more time for them to do it than it would for right. me. So time has been compounded again. And then the, uh, the, the likeliness of them doing it improperly and it having to be redone is high. Correct. So, you know, we might have the time compounded three or four times. What would have taken me 15 minutes to do. Now I have an hour invested. So it's easier for me just to do the job in those 15 minutes rather than take the time to teach someone else. Forgetting that if I teach someone, then if it's a job, a recurring job, if I, if I teach them, then they can do it the next time I might have to oversee them for a little while. Let's say I have to teach them three times. It's a 15 minute job. I teach them three times and it's an hour each of those sessions. So I have three hours invested in that. All right. right. So um, let's, let's say that's uh, that's 12, something that's going to be done. Well, 12 weeks from now, I'm still in the bank on that time, but that 13th week, if that person is doing that job, then that's free time for me. If that makes sense, I'm just doing that. It'll pay off in the long run. If you'll in the long run, I'm in, in the initial, and I've taught someone else how to do it. And I freed myself of it, but more than just freeing up my time. Now someone else knows what I know. How often has someone left a job, a workplace, left a ministry and a responsibility there. Maybe they walked away in anger or frustration and they left rapidly in haste. And they, they left a, a job that they knew what they were doing, but no one else knows. And, and now it's, it's not even being halfway done as it should because right. they failed to train or to teach someone to come in behind them and do that same job. There's kind of a wake of responsibilities that have been left undone. And now there's the whole, okay, well, well what was this? And you know, other people didn't know what those responsibilities were. It wasn't theirs. And so you're just, you know, you're, you're just kind of going in blind. So I certainly understand what you're saying there. One of the things you said that I want to kind of go back to is just talking about the, the investment of time that it's going to be and having an attitude ahead of time that this is going to cost me time and it's going to be frustrating. I'm just going to have to be patient. And I can think back in my own life, Brother Tony, of I, I can think right now of one man who I went to church with, and he was a Sunday school teacher of mine. He was on church staff, and he would he would walk up to me or other young boys and teenagers like myself, and he would say, hey, you got a minute? I, I need to show you something. And that's all he would say. Hey, you got a second so I can show you something? And you'd say, uh, sure. You know, you're standing around with your hands in your pockets in the church right. foyer or whatnot. And he would just say, hey, come with me real quick. I need to show you something. And, and you'd, you'd start walking down the hall. And I remember he would walk so fast. I don't know if he was doing that to like 
just just to, just because he could as like intimidation, but I was almost running to keep up with him. And he would just start talking to you. Hey, how's your day been? How you doing? You know, what's going on? All that. And then he would just take you to like a random utility closet. And he would say, um, you see that right there? Pull that out. See that furnace filter? Grab that real quick. And it's, you know, it's just like he the most obscure. He didn't just, tell you. He didn't he tell didn't, you what he was doing. No. He could have said, hey, we're going to go find buried treasure. Like, yeah. I had no idea. And he'd say, hey, come real quick. I need, to, I, need to help, I need to show you something. And he'd take us somewhere, and he would say, see that? That's a furnace filter. Grab that. Pull it out real quick. See how dirty that is? All right, let's go, let's go dump that thing in the trash. See that up there on that shelf? That's another furnace filter. Can you grab that for me? And, like, he was bigger than me. He could have done Okay, great. Now let's just stick it in there and replace it. Okay, that's all I needed. Thanks. So that was, and what that he was, was foresight. Doing, what he that's, was doing that's... is, yes, so that if he came to me at another service and said, hey, remember that furnace filter? Can you go change that? I already knew where the other filter was. I knew what to do with the old one. He had already showed that to me. And he would come up and he would just say, hey, you got a quick second? I can show you something. And boom, we were off doing another, you know, changing a light bulb or changing, you know, this or, or grabbing trash or whatever. And he, what he was doing was just without telling you, he was just mentoring you how to do all of these things around the church. And once he could show it to you once, this is how you do it right here. Do you see that? Okay. The next time he came to you, all he would say is, hey, remember that? Can you go execute that? And, and it, it was very effective. Yes. It wasn't by chance that he was doing that. He had the foresight to look and say, okay, I want to, I want to teach this young person how to do this. And he didn't even tell you that he was teaching you something. He just, took, he took you along. And that, so, yeah, that's, so that's teaching the thing is, that I think is critical. Teaching is not, teaching is so much more than a classroom and a podium and a lecture. Teaching is life. How many young men don't know how to change a flat tire? Oh, how many wow. young men, how many young men don't know what a carburetor is? Or how to clean it out. How many young men can't put together an outline for a Sunday school lesson? How many young men can't wash dishes because no one has ever taught them? So having the foresight to say, okay, this young man needs this skill. Maybe not today. I can do it today, but He's going to have a home of his own one day, or he's going to have a lawnmower of, or a chainsaw of his own one of these days. He one day will be asked to fill in on a Wednesday night. Okay, he's not a he's not a preacher. He's not called to preach, but he might be asked to fill in a Sunday school class right. one Sunday. So what can I do? So that's having the foresight to see the need and to see a, a young person that doesn't know, doesn't have the skill or doesn't know. And to just put those things into them as, as life comes along. I, I had the opportunity to work with my sister when I was, let's see, let's go back. I was 17 and she was 15 and she was working on, she had taken her written permit test. And then after you take your written permit test, then you, begin to you can drive with a licensed driver so we went to a we had a, a an automobile that was a straight shift with a clutch and a gear shift lever in the in the floorboard and we went to a parking lot and she's learning to drive 
a stick shift. And right. there was there, at, at that point, my dad was was very busy. He was on the road and and not around much. And it just fell to me that that was my responsibility. Teach her to drive a stick. And we went to a parking lot that had it was in it had a hill and, and we would stop and start over and over. And she would you know, she would not she couldn't do it at first. And after right. a few weeks, then she could do it. She could start on a hill without rolling backwards in first gear. And that required uh, that required patience on my part uh, with my with my younger sister. But that was a need. She was going to need to do that. And so we my parents had enough foresight to say, OK, take her and teach her how to do that. How many young people are sitting on a hill at a stoplight in life and they don't know how to go forward because That's no one true. has ever taught them? No one took the patience. Someone had the wisdom. But no one had the patience or the foresight to say, okay, this young person is going to go backwards if we don't teach them how to go forward. And this is just kind of the idea of mentorship, teaching someone how to go forward in life with a skill or a wisdom that God has given you. And he has entrusted you with that so that it would not only benefit you, but it would benefit another behind you. Correct. When I when I think of that that idea of you know just finding a way to advance somebody, one of the people in the Bible that comes to mind is is Barnabas, and certainly he was a great example of mentorship and being the you know the son of consolation. And you know at one point in time there was sharp contention between the apostle Paul and Barnabas over the departure of John Mark uh, from the missionary journey. And at that time you could tell that there was probably some. Um, some frustrations and maybe some some immaturity on the part of John Mark and me I don't know if he was just discouraged if he was homesick if there was some opposition in the ministry and it kind of scared him off either way he departed that first missionary journey and later on at the end of Paul's life he makes the statement he says uh, uh, you know bring Mark for he's profitable unto me for the ministry somewhere Barnabas when he took John Mark underneath his wing he was able through patience and working with him to bring him to a point, as you said, he advanced him to the point where he was profitable. And maybe he was stuck on that hill for a while, and, and maybe it was Barnabas and just his, his patience and his, his consolation that helped get John Mark kind of up the hill and able now to be profitable in the ministry, you know, teaching others. And I think to your point, as a mentor, one of the, one of the attitudes that we have to have is an idea of what the end is. Correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. What is, I'm not going to be here. I had an older pastor tell me one time, it's been great advice. He said, listen, Aaron, we are all interim pastors. At some point in time, if the Lord tarries, we're going to be gone and somebody else will be in our place. And so we have to kind of keep our eyes on, okay, if the Lord tarries, what's next? And yes. as a mentor, you kind of have to keep your eyes on that, don't you? Of just, hey, someone's got to continue this thing. Yes. There is a there's a truth to be passed on. There's a generation coming behind us. And I have to get a hold of the fact that it's my responsibility. What God has entrusted me with is my responsibility to pass that to someone else. Whether whether yeah. I want to embrace a responsibility or 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 not is not up to me. I, I've been given that. I'm accountable to it. 
Now, on the part of the mentee, briefly, um, what what would you say maybe comes to mind? Because you've been in both positions where you've been, you know, I've been the assistant pastor working for a pastor, learning from him, being mentored by him. And I've been the pastor working with other young men and mentoring them. So having seen both sides of this coin as a mentee, would you say that maybe just you know, a, a teachable spirit is one of the top things that someone who's going to be a good mentee is going to have to have. Are they also going to have to have patience like the mentor has? Sure. Uh, patience, humility, a willingness to follow, and have a teachable spirit. You don't, you don't know everything. I mean, I, I still learn. I sat today. Uh, today I sat from 8.50 to uh, 2.50 in classes today i'm 40 almost 49 years old and i still i still need to learn so it's a it's a never-ending process so in and you'll find yourself in both roles not only leading but also following and truly if you are going to be a leader you have to learn to follow if you're going to stand if you're going to stand and speak you better first learn to sit and listen i heard it said one time uh about david and as a young man, and they made this, somebody made the statement, they said, if you're, it, you'll never be in a position to slay a giant if you're not first willing to carry the bread and the cheese. Yes. And that's always stuck with me that if, you know, if everybody wants to have that kind of, you know, dramatic, you know, slaying the giant or Mount Carmel type of event. But if that's what you want to have, then there's got to be some things that come before that. And yeah. there has to be some humility and some patience. And the, and the last thing I'll, I'll ask you to speak about is just this thought of from a mentee to a mentor, I, I would say that maybe something that pops in my mind, one of the strongest uh, qualities or characteristics a mentee needs is I, I think he probably needs to be loyal to his mentor to some degree. There has to be a loyalty there that, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm choosing. You know, the Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, don't you at some point have to choose somebody and you kind of give them internal permission to wound you as a mentor and to help shape you and teach you. And you're going to be loyal regardless of that. You do. I'll, I'll say something. Maybe this is not a, a popular thing. I would rather be loyal to truth and to principle because those, those because are not men going, will fail. Those are not going to change. Men will fail, but, but truly if you're, you're going to have to submit yourself to someone to learn. Of course, as Christians, we have the Word of God, and someone is going to lead us according to Scripture and scriptural principles. So, uh, you know, coming from this context, yes, you are you're going to have someone, a teacher, a uh, a pastor, uh, someone that that you are following, and that quite frankly will tell you the truth, and the truth will cut sometimes um, in this place of of instruction. But you you will yield yourself to their leadership, and you will follow them. And, uh, and of course, not just a, a blind leadership, but again, uh, confirmed by Scripture. And certainly if you're a Christian by the Holy Spirit on the inside, that, hey, this is truth and this is what you need uh, for your life. Submit yourself to it and learn. Well, in, you know, in the, in the context of, of, you know, you talking about it kind of cutting and wounding you to, to use the truth, my mind kind of goes to, um, my mind kind of goes to, to Jesus himself who, when he prayed, he said, Hey, I, you know, I've loved them right up until the very end. And it, it is, it is a reflection of love that, you know, sometimes you have to speak the truth and you have to tell somebody the truth in love, even if it does hurt them. So. Yeah. 
Well, hey, thank you, Brother Tony, for your time. I appreciate uh, the time that we've been able to spend together and talking about the idea of mentorship, and I look forward to furthering the conversation in the future with you. It's been a great time. Thanks for the invitation to be a part, and uh, hope some uh, hope some men will step up and take the lead, and uh, some young men will uh, humble themselves and follow. And there are are great days ahead for the cause of Christ. Um, do what you can to make a difference. Thanks, Brother Aaron. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tony. Lord bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this production of the Forge Ministry Podcast. You can continue the conversation and stay up to date with new releases and conferences by visiting forgeministry.com. In addition, you can receive text alerts by texting the word FORGE, that's F-O-R-G-E, the word FORGE to this phone number, 309-316-7240. Join us next time on the Forge Ministry Podcast.